You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 265. I'm Jimmy Kempsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of bleedinggreennation.com. This is, of course, the uh, DeAndre Torrey emergency podcast. Eagles signing former North Texas running back DeAndre Torrey. Uh, just kidding, of course. Uh, they were very light on running backs. Uh, Kenny Gainwell is out with a hip injury. And who else? Was it, is he the only one? Kenneth. Is there another running back? Kenneth Gainwell is out with the hip, and then Boston Scott is out with the concussion. Oh, the concussion, right. So they only have three running backs going into this preseason game. Um, Miles Sanders is going to play very long, maybe a series or two. So it would basically just be him, Jason Huntley, and uh, um, Kennedy, uh, Brooks. Kennedy Brooks uh, in that game. So they probably just wanted to add another guy for that game and, you know, hang around until either Boston Scott and or Kenny Gainwell return. Interesting though, is, you know, to be determined how long those two guys are going to be out. But before we get into all that and our practice notes for the day, why don't you tell me about the meat snacks that we all uh, buy and love and get discounts on. Righteousfelon.com discount code BGN 20 for 20% off your order. I'll keep it that simple for the people. You go to the website, you can find out everything you need right there, right to sellem.com, discount code BGN20. So I think we should start today with Jalen Hurts. Let's just get him out of the way right off the bat, um, because I think this was one of his better days, if not his best day. We should note, first of all, that it was a really short practice today. They only went an hour, and they'll have a walkthrough tomorrow, and then they have their first preseason game against the Jets on Friday. Uh, but I thought he was really good today. Um I normally don't watch seven on sevens, as our regular listeners know. I like to go watch the O line, D line, one on ones, uh, which run concurrently normally with seven on sevens. But I watched the seven on sevens today because there was no O line, D line, one on ones, and I'm glad I did because Jalen Hurts had two great throws uh, during that session. The first one was to uh, AJ Brown, who I've noted over and over again does a good job of not tipping off opposing corners when the ball is approaching. Uh, which just adds to his already very good contested catch prowess. That was a touchdown for like 30 yards or so. And then on the next play, he hit Zach Pascal uh, on a longer, on a lo- another long throw, not longer than that one, but another long throw. But that was more of like a dart mm. than it was uh, a, a lofted uh, deep ball um, to, to AJ Brown. That was more of like an, uh, that ball had zip mm-hmm. on it. And in my opinion, that was one of his most impressive throws of camp. Uh, for me, I thought it was like the most encouraging throw of camp for a number of reasons. One, it came out on time. Two, it was in a good spot up high where Pascal could go up and get it. Nobody else could. Three, um, it had good velocity on it. And four, 
it was to the left side of the field yeah. where we know he doesn't want really want to throw the ball. So uh, really encouraging day for me. For me, it's clear stock up for him. It's clear stock up day. I think uh, both of those were well said. He, I think he had his flashiest plays, or at least some of them, of camp. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been necessarily a very flashy camp for him, even on some of his better dates. But I thought those two throws definitely were really good. Um, uh, the zip is the same uh, term that I use in my practice notes. So I think it's funny we both, oh, we both saw that. <laughs> uh, we both kind of noticed that as a big quality. And then the accuracy, too, on both of those throws. I thought that was really good mm-hmm. to see. He's been working the field, middle of the field, you know, more. He's also been throwing to the left more often than probably he has in the past. And those are all very positive signs. I don't think this was like an A-plus practice for him. And then that, there, you know, there's some things that could have been better. But on the whole, I think the positive outweighed the bad, which is why I was also stuck up for him. All right. Um, you want to get to your next point? Yeah. So um kind of figuring out where I want to go here, I guess, because it wasn't a long practice. But there were some notable things. Um, I thought, Hmm, I don't know where I want to go, Jimmy, because there's like a lot of little things. Well, I got one, a a quick, just a quick news item to uh, just to start the day off before we even got to practice. Uh, Nick Sirianni said that the starters will play a series or two, uh, in the preseason game against the jets. So, um, for those of you who tune in (laughs) sometimes for preseason games and the backup or the third stringers are in there. Uh, and then you like you realize okay, and then after ten minutes, you, you you turn the game off and you're watching the Phillies or something else. There's actually a good reason to watch at least for a little while if if you're only interested in watching you know the starters play. So they will get some playing time. I was curious whether they get whether they play at all because uh, some teams do it that way. But it looks like Nick Sirianni is going to have them play a series or two, and then and then to be determined if they play at all in the second game. I'm pretty sure they won't play at all in the third game. Uh, but uh, yeah, at least in this first game, they're going to get some playing time. I saw some people say on Twitter they were surprised that that was the case, that Sirianni talked about the starters playing a series or two. But I mean, mm-hmm. as we kind of talked about earlier this week, and you lost a bet to me, I and mean, that's what they did last yeah. year for the first game, which they also didn't have joint training camp practices ahead of. So it seems like that's kind of the deal. Like no joint training camp practices and starters are going to play a series or two. Right. Uh, shake some rust off. I think it's fine. Uh, in general, I like to think of, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen if the starters play in the preseason. And it's that they suffer a season ending injury and they're out for the year. And like the, the worst thing um, by not playing is probably they're like, a little rusty. You could say, I think, you know, mm-hmm. I, I would, I would take a little rusty over, key player out for the entire year but given how controlled of us like it's you know it's a pretty small sample size not putting them out there for a whole quarter it's two drives i mean you know they're gonna have to play football at some point i think that's fine um i'm okay with it what about you i think they go up top to uh aj like uh like tio like they did with uh donovan and tio uh yeah in 20 in 2004 uh, yes i do i mean this is i feel like this is a <laughs> self-aware coaching staff yeah <laughs> Yeah, and they're they're aware of the history. I don't know if they're that deeply aware of the uh, Eagles' history or whatever, but um, yeah, I think there's like a shot to AJ Brown. Down Do the field. I think why not the guy who ran the Philly special last year is gonna is maybe <laughs> uh, reprise another moment in Eagles history? Not impossible. Um, okay, yes. So, Do you remember what game that was? It was against the Ravens. It was not a no, 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 no. I mean the uh, the Philly special. Oh. Yeah, that was against the 49ers in week two. Very good. But you're also correct. Yeah, that the, the, the T.O. Mm-hmm. 
was it 80 was it 80 yards i guess they it was a touchback yep. and then 80 yard touchdown throw from donnie mack to to i will not forget that people were fired i was up fired about up that. about that like, young that's probably me that's probably like the number that 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 was bigger than the sam bradford 10 for oh, 10 easily. game in, in green bay but yeah, that 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 to touchdown was was huge when uh, when that happened. So your quick take on the starters playing, like, are you cool with that? It's fine. I mean, just uh, be careful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, don't don't have these seven step dropbacks or anything right. like that. Um, you know, make sure you're getting you're getting the ball out quickly when you throw. And um, there's no need to have Miles Sanders out there carrying more than two times in this game. Um, just be smart with what you're doing. I think uh, it was a good question by Tim McManus uh, during the press conference when he asked whether, you know, you know, is it worth the risk when your top two left tackles um, are concussed? But then later we found out in practice that Mylotta and Dillard would be participating yeah. uh, in 11 on 11s in that practice. So those guys will both be ready to go, I would assume, um, for the, you know, for that game. So, um you know, less of a concern there if, if Mylata is your starting left tackle instead of Coyote Awashika, for example. So, um, yeah, I, I, just be careful with uh, with what you do. If it's a long drive, you keep and you right. sustain it and you score, then out of yep. there. Like just one drive and done. Uh, if you're three and out, then yeah, send them back out for another drive. Sure. And and then depending on how that goes, maybe they play again in, in the second preseason game. But I, I think it's fine. You want to get them maybe a little bit of work, but the NFL in general is trending towards not having their best players participate in the preseason, which in my opinion is smart. Yeah, I think it's fine. Um, I guess the biggest thing I had from today's practice outside of Hertz, who again, I thought more good than bad was Zach Pascal looking good, like especially in yeah. seven on seven and in notably too, because they were doing like kind of, if not red zone, you know, like 30 yard line. So just outside the red zone. And I think that's mm-hmm. an area where he's going to be an underrated factor this year. I think fantasy football owners, are going to be frustrated at times to be like, oh, like come on, like Zach Pascal, not <laughs> yes. Goddard or Brown or <laughs> yeah. or Devontae Smith. And don't get me wrong, I think those guys are still obviously important players on the team. But I think in terms of just pure statistics and utilization, I think if, if you're hoping for touchdowns, you know, uh, you're probably going to get more out of them than let's say, you know, Zach Pascal than uh, Quez Watkins, for example. Um, so. Yeah, I think he's a factor down there. He's bigger. He's he's pretty athletic. He looked pretty good, uh, and this mm-hmm. is and this is him looking good too, coming off of losing sixteen pounds suddenly because he had a bad quesadilla. Like right. for him to look, you know, pretty pretty solid here in this in this setting is is pretty this soon is pretty encouraging. I don't want to overreact too much to just a couple practices, but I I did think he looked good. You weren't there in the spring. He had a really good practice in the spring as well. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like him and Hertz, for whatever reason, have kind of formed a fast bond there, and they seem to be really on the same page. So, uh, so yeah, definitely stock up for Zach Pascal. Definitely think he is going to be a factor in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be a major upgrade over J.J. Ortega-Whiteside in his role last year because he's going to do a lot of the dirty work, blocking and so. And, and you said he's big. What is he listed at? 6'2", 220, something like that. Um, so he's kind of a bully type of wide receiver, and – I've seen clips of him on Twitter blocking, like chipping on guys, like just decleating defensive ends. So he's a tough player. He's going to play some special teams, I would imagine, as well. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he played as many as like, and I put this in my notes, but as many as like 500 snaps mm. 
this season? Is that out of control for him to play that 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 kind of number? Because guys are going to go down too. He's going to have to. And it's a guy that started forty four games mm-hmm. uh, over his career before he came to Philadelphia and in four seasons in the league. So he's got a lot of experience. He can play inside. He can play outside. And uh, yeah, he had a good day today. I agree. He, he caught a lot. Of, I mean, in addition to the pass that I talked about uh, earlier today, he. I mean, I, I saw him catch at least five passes mm-hmm. today. Um, which is, you know, nice for, for, for him. Cause again, like you said, he had that, he had the illness and, and we didn't see much of him, uh, over the, fr- how many practices did he miss? Like six, I think six or seven, five or six. Yeah. And he was limited participant in, in at least one or two of those. So, um, his training camp is just kind of beginning now and to come in cold against guys that have been uh, playing for a while now is it's, you know, he's, you can see, you know, why he's, he's not a star player, obviously, but you can see why He's been a starter in the NFL for for three or four years. I think he gets thought of as wide receiver four because you're putting him behind AJ, sure. and Devontae, and Quez. But I, and I, that might be who the Eagles think is potentially their best lineup generally. But I think in terms of snap count, I don't think it's crazy that he might end up being wide receiver three. He might end up playing the third most snaps of any receiver. I don't think Maybe. that's impossible, uh, or at least you know if he's behind Quez. I don't think it's by like, you know, leaps and bounds. I think that that margin uh, separating them could be pretty close. Uh, and that's not a slight on the quiz. I just think it's, I think they like Pascal a lot. Here's how I'll put it. So I think, uh, I think you're right that Pascal will probably get a, a similar amount of snaps as Quez. They're going to dial up more plays for sure. Quez, like more specific plays for Quez deep down the field. Well, those plays, um, but, and they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that so much with Pascal, well, but Pascal is going to be involved. Uh, he'll be in, you know, on the field, um, and yeah, I, I assume they'll get him the ball on like screens and stuff like that, and and you know, as second, third option or whatever on a play. Um, but yeah, I, I'd be I'd be surprised if he didn't get a, a healthy amount of playing time. I think he could be a top option in in specific situations. I mean, obviously, you want to go to AJ Brown. AJ Brown is your your top, <laughs> and it's very clearly Jalen Hurts' top option. But, you know, like thinking that they might have coverage shaded that way or, you know, he's getting double teamed or helped or whatever a lot. Like they could be like, OK, we like this one on one matchup with Pascal because he's going to get a one on one matchup. And if it's a mm-hmm. third down, if it's in the red zone, let's go to him. I do think there could be some of that. Um, could be matchup related, too. If you get some shrimpy sure. little slot corner in there and you're going to play Pascal more than you might play right. Quez, you get some bigger corner, bigger slot corner. I just can't match Quez's mm-hmm. speed, then that's a, something that you can attack as well. Yeah, I do think there's going to be some mix and match in there. Um, elsewhere, I guess, well, I guess it's your turn because I went on Pascal. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Jalen Rager real quick, mm. too, because um, last year, well, today I should note that I did my stock up, stock down media poll, which I'll be publishing on, um, what's today? Wednesday? Thursday morning. So, um, in doing that, I went back and looked at old stock up, stock down media polls. And last year he had four stock down votes, which was second to Andre Dillard, who ran away with it last year. I think he had 12 or something like that. Um, but I only mentioned that to say that I think there was this perception that Jalen Rager had a good camp last year, which he didn't <laughs> like, he didn't have a good camp uh, he had a couple, he had two highlight reel catches. One was ridiculous. It was a great one-handed catch, uh, in the back of the end zone, kept his feet in and the Eagles played that endlessly on their social media accounts. And rightfully so, like it was an amazing catch. Um, but other, like he didn't 
play well in camp. He had his share of drops and other miscues. And it just uh, a lot of, it seemed like any time the ball came his way. Too. Yeah, I mean, he went stretches of, 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 of time without doing anything. Um, and I thought he was deserving of those four votes that he got on the on the stock downside. This year, there haven't been any of those highlight reel catches so much. But I think he's consistently been like I thought the start to camp he wasn't he wasn't great like yeah. the first you know three four practices or whatever, or whatever but over the last you know six seven days six seven practices rather he's made all the plays that he should make yes. and to me that's progress for him there's no way he's getting cut I mm-hmm. mean he's going to make the team if he doesn't get traded he's, he could still very well be traded uh, to some and there are there are actually a bunch of teams that you know, our wide receiver needy and, and, you know, other teams that have had injuries or whatever. So that remains a, a possibility in my opinion, but he's going to be on the team. And if he can, if he can just make the plays that he should make, then he's not a, in theory anyway, like a terrible depth option is like your fifth or sixth wide receiver who can come in and, and, you know, maybe make a play if, if you really need him to, um, again, like a low bar to clear for him to be better than he was in 2020 and 2021. But I think he's had a, a, I think this has been his most consistent camp of his three years. And in, in yeah, it's, it's his best camp by far. And that's an extremely low bar for him to clear, but to his credit, yeah, he has looked better. I still am of the mind that like, I don't think this means he has turned a corner in a huge way right. for his career. Um, although it's positive progress. He's not Aguilar in 2017. Right, yeah, like now he's going to be a stud. No, like, no, like, let's, you know, no, hold off on that. It's still a long way to go to that. But now he actually looks like not a total liability right now out there. And it, like, to your point, it can at least make some of the plays that are there to be made uh, in a normal way, not like highlight big time consistency, but just, you know, contributing solidly and effectively. And I mean, I almost feel like his value is never going to be higher. <laughs> so uh, if how he can pull the trigger, if somehow this this word is getting out, there's positive reports. And hey, look, he's going to be playing in these preseason games because he's not yeah. a starter anymore. They're going to feed yeah, him. So too. then they should. And I'm sure he might be able to have some success against backups because some of the success we have seen him had in camp, not exclusively, but some of uh, like the big touchdown he had at one point is uh, best play at camp. Like that was against backup. So you know, mm-hmm. you get him up against some backup talent. You find a receiver needy team. I would not hold on to him and be like, and get greedy and be like, well, maybe he's actually figured it out. Like, no, like he's not going to be a long-term guy here. I would try to take what you can get for him. If you can get something decent and get off of that money. And honestly, I just, sure. I really genuinely, not that like the Eagles should care about necessarily what's best for Jalen Rager and like get, getting rid of him. But like I, I just do think it's true that it's it's best for everyone involved for him to get a change of scenery. It's best for Jalen Rager. It's best for the Eagles. I think everyone would win from that. So I'm kind of hoping that's how it happens. What do you got next? I have Noah Tangiai, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about <laughs> okay. Noah Tangiai. I mean, I, I believe it was you who said next to me on the sideline today, like, hey, he's made yeah. a lot of catches recently. And he has. He had a one-handed grab today on a throw over the middle of the field from Gardner Minshew. And, you know, like the Eagles tight end situation is a little interesting in that we talked, we've mentioned before, they're, they're probably their, one of their thinner spots in terms of, okay, what if Dallas Goddard goes down? God forbid, who do you, who do you have? Um, Jack Stoll, I think is still going to make this team. I think he's been solid. He had another uh, solid catch today, but like, who is that other tight end? Cause they're going to keep at least three. 
And Tyree Jackson's still on the pup list, so we don't know exactly what's going to happen with him. Calcaterra looked good early in camp, but has missed several, a lot of practices now as he recovers from a hamstring injury. I saw him mm-hmm. doing some workout on the field after practice, so maybe he's close to returning. Maybe he'll be able to, to play next week. Um, but Tangi is still here and doing some things, so maybe they kind of just keep him and you don't keep Calcaterra. I don't know. What do you think? I think there's no way they keep Tangi over Calcaterra. Mm. Tangi would have to make his way onto the roster as the fourth guy, in my opinion. Um, I don't know if they have room for that, but I don't think you you don't take you don't keep Calcaterra because he's hurt um, when he did show something before he got hurt, um, and he's a draft pick, so they're going to lean toward keeping the guy they actually picked in the draft, uh, of course. And Tangia, I think, is a guy you can easily just get onto the practice squad if need be. But uh, I but I agree with uh, with you certainly that that he has made his share of of catches uh, of late and and did at least deserve. Some kind of mention, <laughs> like at some point during these podcasts. Uh, and good for you on giving him a little love. Uh, Teron Jackson, let's also talk about him. Yeah. Because he's it's regularly generated pressure, is the way I put it in my notes. And mm-hmm. I didn't think anyone was really doubting his roster spot. A lot of 53 man rosters have consistently had him on the team. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his role is going to be, but like the more he continues to flash, like he's pushing for more and more snaps. I would say. I think he's de four right uh, behind BG Sweat and Barnett, and that's sort of what the role of Ryan Kerrigan was last year. And Kerrigan <laughs> gave him gave him nothing, so they had Teron Jackson working at uh, defensive end and in that like four eye spot. Um, he's concentrating just on the edge this year. And he's another guy you mentioned before about how, you know, we were talking about a guy on the sideline and he's another guy that we watch that you and I watch specifically on a couple snaps. His get off is, is it's good. Like he looks, he looks very fast getting off uh, the snap this year. Uh, sacked Gardner Minshew today. Um, just blew right by, I think it was Josh Sills playing left tackle. So it's not like he beat my like cleanly or whatever, but um, his get off was really impressive. Got to Minshew for a sack. Very next play, almost got to him again. Uh, so he's a guy that I think is probably going to get uh, a, a good look in in these preseason games. Not a ton, but like he'll get some playing time uh, to see if he can can you know continue to to grow as a player. And he got legit snaps down the stretch last season um, in the playoff game and and in a lot of their wins late in the season. Um, and he's he had said in his interview, I think it was yesterday or two days ago that um, he he felt like he was, I don't want to say lost um, early in the season, but it took him until roughly around like week six to start sort of getting comfortable uh, at this level. And, and he's a guy that, that, you know, if he can make just a modest jump from year one to year two, he can be better than, than what they got from Ryan Kerrigan last year. I mean, year. yeah, which is against. I mean, they got, they got, not, he was, Ryan Kerrigan did nothing for them last year until yeah. the, the, the weird playoff game where all of a sudden, he turned into Khalil Mack for, for for a day, but during the regular season, he they got. I mean, he didn't have a he didn't register a tackle or something mm-hmm. like that until like week, like until like the second half of the season, right? Yeah. I was tracking that each week, like through the snaps counter, <laughs> or then like you know he started to have a couple, but it was like one or two in the hundred and whatever snaps played. <laughs> right. Um, I guess you can say Ryan Kerrigan did go out on top, though. Like he did. I mean, he kind of did, not in terms of team right. success, but in terms of like. He finished on a strong note for him, so I guess right. I guess that's something. Um, okay, Jimmy. I mean, for that, for, that was team success for him based on the 
garbage True. team he played on throughout his entire career otherwise yeah, making the playoffs um I mean, Washington probably did that what like a couple times when he was there but yeah, two two or three yeah, if that but it had been a while um definitely two but I, maybe three I think it had been since oh wait he was on the was he on the tank I guess he was on the tank team the the the, the most recent NFC East champion the Washington football team in 2020 oh right yeah, yeah they're beneficiaries of the Eagles he, tank he was on that team yeah um yeah all right anyway uh, any other things before we take a break? Yeah, I was going to say Teron Jackson. I'll, I'll add one more thing. So you had the tweet about uh, Jordan Davis oh, yeah. was asked was asked about um, you know the rep that sort of went viral of him pushing Jurgens back into. The, I didn't even think that that was that crazy of a of a rap. <laughs> like honestly, like obviously he pushed Jurgens back, and it doesn't look great because Jer- I thought Jurgens kind of hopping back. I mean, he he was he lost that rep from the beginning. He was just doing anything he could to survive on, on that rep. I thought he did a decent enough job of not getting completely run over. I've seen way worse reps in yeah. these practices. And I've seen Jordan Davis have way better reps than that. Uh, him specifically have way better reps than that in, in these mm-hmm. practices. Um, so for that to kind of go viral was a little silly to be in the first place. Uh, but then Jordan Davis was asked about it. And um, he said, I hate it. And he said that, you know, per your tweet here, it said said that it's just one rep and it's and it's no, it's not fair to Jurgens, who has beaten him other times in these one on one matchups. Um, that's an awesome response by him. It just shows the kind of uh person and leader I think that he can become. Guys like Jason Kelsey and Brandon Graham aren't gonna be around forever. So you're gonna at some point need some of these younger guys to to step into those leadership roles. And maybe it's a little early to project him into being that he's only a rookie. Uh, But certainly if he's good on the field and he can get the respect from teammates because he's good again on the field, then um, he's a guy just with the kind of personality who can be that kind of leader off the field as well. Yeah, Especially with, you know, Brandon Graham getting older and probably being in, you know, one of his final years, and Fletcher Cox potentially being in his last year at the team to have you know a mm-hmm. new leader in the defensive line room, I think will be good there. And and honestly, it wasn't like anywhere towards the top, like the very top reasons why I wanted the Eagles to draft him, but it was one of them. I thought that was a nice like sure. extra bonus is like, wow, this guy from all accounts, from everything I had heard about him in interviews and watching him myself, like this is a guy who, and especially at a position too, that I feel like isn't always like that. I think def- you don't necessarily think of your defensive lineman as leaders, as you might think of, like, you know, a linebacker, linebacker. or a safety. Yeah, safety. yeah, so so to get that out of defensive line is a little bit rare, too, which kind of just fits, I guess, with him as a, a rare athlete and a rare kind of player in many respects. Uh, it's good. It's good stuff. And uh, it's to the to the vibes of it all. It's 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 positive vibes for the Eagles. So, yeah, I, I like that a lot. That, that's a that's a that's one that uh, you just know the fans are going to like. I feel like when you hear him say that, like, oh, the fans are going to like this one. <laughs> right. He, he's saying yeah, yeah, all the yeah. right things. And, and to, to and not, not even in a pandering no, no, way. I think he, he was, he's, he's, he's very honest. authentic. Yeah. So I, I'm yeah. not saying like, like he doesn't believe it, but I'm just saying like, you know, mm-hmm. like that kind of uh, authentic um that he knows how to say the right things and and i think he means it but credit to him um all right let's take a break here but not before we hear about Kristen roach of roach realtors and roach realtors.com her number is 856-906-9295 voted by god as the best realtor in the history of the 
Universe. Again, 856-906-9295. If you are looking to buy or sell your home. Brandon? We'll be right back after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on BGN Radio, which is brought to you by Christian Roach of RoachRealers.com and also Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Use discount code BGN20 for 20% off your order. Do it today while that discount code lasts before it goes back down to BGN15. Uh, Jimmy, why don't we get into our second half segment here where we both Mm -hmm. have Jalen Hurts stock up. So that's a no-brainer. And yep. to a larger point on that, I mean, I'm looking at the uh, the whole record here, and that's two of the last three dates are stocked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he hasn't had a stock down since, I believe, like day six or so. So okay. I think you could make the case he's trending in the right direction. Yeah. Mirroring what happened during training camp last mm-hmm. year, where he started slower, up was up and down uh, early on in training camp. And then as it kind of wore on, he was you know, playing more consistently and playing better. And uh, it sort of culminated in, you know, a lot of solid performances in the joint practices. So we'll see if we can, he, we'll see if he can keep up the momentum that he has generated uh, both when they play uh, in joint practices against the Browns in Cleveland and against the Dolphins in Miami. Joint training camp practices will be big. And I'm also interested to see, because I think these teams are higher quality than the Patriots and the certainly the, the jets. jets for sure jets were losers last year like, <laughs> definitely <laughs> um i don't i don't know how great really either cleveland or uh miami's going to be this year although you could you know this could be honestly the best version of the browns potentially all year depending on what happens with watson you know, he's practicing is yep. the point like so you're, they're going to have him for practice and that's going to be a challenge and then uh, i'm not a two guy but <laughs> i mean if Jalen, so to that point, though, if Jalen Hurts is getting like outshined by Tua, and it wouldn't be the first time. Uh, that would not mm-hmm. be super encouraging. So yeah, those those practices are going to be big for him. We'll see how those go in the next couple of weeks here. Uh, but both stock up. Who was your MVP for today? Yeah, um, I'm going Zach Pascal mm. just because of his, you know, he's new. Sure, <laughs> like it's his new new uh, new guy to name, and just made a lot of catches all over the field and. And, you know, I give the the lion's share of the credit on the long touchdown that he had um, from Jalen Hurts to Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly he made a nice uh, – he had the jump for that ball, yes. and he made a nice, nice catch on that play. Um, so, yeah, he, he's my guy today. I'll give Jalen Hurts an MVP point. How about that? Okay, sure. Uh, it's his first one of camp thus far, arguably his best practice, I think we both said. So why not 
um, let the record show that I gave him one and Jimmy didn't. So Jimmy is truly <laughs> the real hater here. Uh, I was right. thinking about Pascal. If you were going to go in a different direction, again, I don't like to double up on the same player unless they had a truly great day or it's such an obvious one. And I don't think Pascal was that good. He deserves the double. So I'll give it one to Jalen Hurts to kind of counteract. Because I think he, he currently only has two LVP points. So uh, gets an MVP point here. Speaking of LV, LVP points, who is your LVP? I don't know. I know. Man. It's a tough I, one to I, pick. I can't think of anything today because it was a short practice. Nobody did anything egregiously bad today. I got nothing. So I came up with one. And okay. it's something I mentioned to you at practice, which is part of my, like, goes into the formula for for me for doing this. Because it's, it's like genuine. It's authentic. It's something I'm saying anyway. Yeah. Like, oh, look at that thing that happened, good or bad. And J.J. Arthega-Whiteside got reamed out at one point by okay. Jason Michael, the Eagles tight ends coach. It was on a running play. I didn't see exactly what happened, but he was not happy. And he went up to him after the play, and he was kind of like screaming at him. And it caught my attention. That's how I noticed it. So, And it's also kind of just a cumulative thing. Like, I just don't think, you know, the change, the tight end has moved the needle at all. You pointed out to me the Eagles listed, like, J.J. like six on their tight end depth chart. Um, yeah, feel bad for picking on him, but it's, you know, it is what it is. He's the LVP. You know, I'll give a cumulative, cumulative one as well. Cause I was just looking through before, you know, when training camp started, I named my locks, near locks, bubble players and long shots. Mm-hmm. And I ranked my, the, like the five bubble players, I think are the most likely to make the team. And then I just looked at my locks to make sure they were all still locks. And then I looked at the near locks to see if there was anyone maybe uh, not so much a near lock anymore. And to me, I think it's Jaquaski Tart, yeah. who maybe is no longer uh, a near lock at this I point. I thought about and this too. So he's got a – he missed the last couple of practices with, uh, with a personal issue. I don't know what it is, and hopefully it's nothing bad. And certainly if he's going through something bad, like that's not a reason for him to not make the teams. Don't get me wrong on that. Um, hopefully like, and certainly I don't want this yeah. podcast to be published. Right. And then we find out later it is something like, like, I don't mean to laugh even, but it's something bad. And, and we, you know, I look like a, like a jerk or whatever. Um, but bef- before he had the personal issue, he's basically invisible. And you know, Denard Wilson, the Eagles uh, defensive backs coach, made the point. I mean, he spoke early in camp and he made the point that Tart had been signed um, after OTAs and before training camp had begun. So, you know, he's learning the defense and trying to assimilate into the defense. And um, sometimes at the safety position, you know, that can take a little time. But he's like a seven year vet, six or seven year vet or whatever he is. Um, shouldn't take as long for a guy like him as, as a rookie, for example. And, uh, you know, I've certainly seen other safeties that are new to the team, uh, make plays this summer and he's basically just been invisible. And, um, Tart himself talked one day, seems like a really good dude and a guy that's easy to root for took, um, you know, took, took, I don't want to say the blame, but, but certainly, um, you know, was self-critical of the dropped interception that he had. Um, for in the NFC Championship game, uh, when when he the Niners Rams Matthew Stafford gave him a gift and he dropped it, um, it very he was very accountable about that. So I like his I like him and I like his mentality, but 
He just hasn't done anything. He's just not a near lock for me anymore. So on a cumulative basis, I'll go with uh, Joukowsky Tart. In defense of Tart's game, I don't think we're going to see him make plays really ever. Like that's just ha- who he hasn't been in the yeah, NFL. Fair. I don't think that's his game. I think there's something to his game and I can't speak to what extent, but there is something to like when he was on the field for the 49ers, they were a lot, they were a much better defense. And when he was off, they felt that more. And I think it's not about mm-hmm. him making impact plays as much as he kind of cleans things up and kind of prevents some of the bigger plays from happening and disallowing them just like by being in the right position and, and know-how and mm-hmm. everything, not necessarily making a play on the ball. Um, so I think there is something to be said for that. But uh, <laughs> it's weird that he's missed several days in a row now. And, I mean, he got basically demoted to the third team, right? Like, like he was playing at the third string behind Josiah Scott, who moved from slot corner yeah. to safety during camp. So, like, that's not a good sign for him. Um, you know, that he was available in free agency so long, you know, is another thing that, like, okay, this isn't this isn't even a guy who was valued much by the league. So, yeah, I, I right. it's, it's kind of tenuous for him right now, especially – you're looking at like how is he going to be able to battle for a roster spot if he's not even out there? I'm guessing he's not even going to play on uh, Friday. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but currently, you know, he hasn't been practicing. That might mm-hmm. hurt his chances of, of playing, and that's another opportunity where he's not going to be able to prove himself to the team. So I think it's a fair. I was also thinking about including him more as a cumulative thing. Uh, hopefully, whatever he has going on is not that serious, and everything is going to be Agreed. okay, and he can get back soon and battle for a roster spot. Uh, what was your play of the day? The throw from Hertz to Pascal for all the reasons I noted earlier. Okay, I'm going to go with the, the brown one. So kind of split those there. Okay. Uh, yep. And I think that's pretty cut and dry. We already got into that left side. I'm writing that down. I said it out loud because I'm writing it down, and I want to <laughs> process it uh, like so. All right. Uh, any final thoughts by you, Jimmy? Yeah, I had a fun uh, chat with Mike Quick Ooh, yeah. in our little interview series today. The best uh, guest you've I, had on so far. I'll say it. I mean, I was a I was a little kid, and I remember watching the Pro Bowl back in the day, and the Eagles sucked when Mike Quick was in his. Pro- so I don't think young um, Eagles fans realize how good that guy was when he was in his prime. Like second year in the league, nineteen eighty three, led the NFL in receiving yards with fourteen hundred something, and in those days, <laughs> like fourteen hundred yards was you know the equivalent of I don't know like eighteen hundred yards today. Um, and then he made five straight Pro Bowls from 1983 to 1987. During that span, the Eagles did not have a single winning season. They went from Dick Vermeil to Marion Campbell to Buddy Ryan, and the team stunk uh, in the in the years that that he, that Mike Quick was was you know with the Eagles and and in his prime. Um, actually, that's one of the things I asked him. Like <laughs> like you know you've you know you've embraced the the Philadelphia area and, and vice versa. And, you know, you made this your home or whatever, but do you ever wonder, did you ever wonder like what your career might've been if you, you know, been on a better team and he was honest, he was kind of like, eh, yeah, I guess, <laughs> you know, and he, it was not a question that he really, he really wanted to answer, but he, you know, he sort of acknowledged it. But I had a very fun conversation with, uh, with Mike Quick, who is uh legit like Eagles great, but just had the, had the misfortune of uh, playing for the team when they weren't very good. Um, and certainly has been, you know, a, a great broadcaster yeah. alongside uh, Merrill Reese for the, ne- the last couple decades, I guess. I don't know exactly how long he's been doing that uh, with Merrill. But, um, yeah, r- really, uh, really underrated uh, uh, 
athletic figure in, in this city, in my opinion. And, and also underrated as a broadcaster, I would say, in terms of like, I True. think there's a lot of athletes who probably mail it in or take the easy route. And he doesn't do that. He goes to training camp every single day. And he was talking about it in your interview. I listened to it. I'm mm-hmm. sure everyone obviously go listen to that if you didn't already about why he wants to be there and why I think it's important to, and not only to be there and watch the practice, cause that's one thing, but he also consumes a lot of like media too, to like get even better sense yeah. of what's going on, including here at bleeding green nation, which I'm always honored that Mike listens and you know reads and everything. And he's, he's, you know, made that clear over the years. And I, and I thanked him for coming on today. And he's like, anytime you guys want to have me on I'm I'm always down. So yeah, really cool guy. Great player. I uh, can't say enough good things about Mike quick. Um, Agreed. Good vibes. Good vibes. Got it. Like training camp, you know, there's just good vibes coming out, out of uh, his direction. Uh, I don't think I have a final thought today other than, you know, this is the, final training camp practice before the Eagles first preseason game, which again mm-hmm. is Friday and we will have complete coverage of both me on bleeding green nation, you and Philly voice. Uh, so that'll be fun to be back at the link. It's always fun to see, um, you know, to go to the link for the first time. I feel like for the first game preseason game, uh, you know, you get to see like you know, the, the press box seating chart and everything. I mean, you're yep. usually in the same spot. Um, but sometimes it's different for me or sometimes the people next to you can be different, I feel like. So it's kind of fun to see that from a, a little inside baseball perspective. Who do you sit next to in your uh, in your press box spot? So it's Evan, Evan Macy, Evan Macy right? is to my left and then Al Thompson uh, last year, at least, was okay. to my right. Um, that hooligan, Jack Fritz, uh, who works for WIP, <laughs> uh, sneaks in because, you know, he has to, he's producing like the uh, – whatever the pre and post game shows for WIP at the yeah. stadium. So he'll sneak in and he'll, he'll usually stay for like the first half of the game there because you know, he has time to kill anyway. So he'll sneak in for a little bit and sit between Evan and me. But uh, yeah, so there you go. Um, and we'll see if it's any different and I'll, we'll all take a press box picture when they're on the field when they're there on Friday night. So uh, you know, uh, that, that first preseason game rolls around all of a sudden the real games will be starting. So Exciting times in Eagles world. You want to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast here so you're not missing any episodes as we continue to chug along. Um, BGN Radio, obviously brought to you by Righteous Felon, Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Discount code BGN20 for 20% off your order. You want to go to RoachRealtors.com to contact Kristen Roach if you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house. Or you can call or text this number. 856-906-9295. So we will not be podcasting on Thursday because the Eagles have the walkthrough, as we already mentioned, and then they have the game on Friday. So we'll be back with you, I guess, what, on Sunday for the next Eagles training camp practice podcast review? Um, Yeah, whatever you want to do. We can maybe do one after the game if you want to do that, or we can do one just after the next practice. Right. I think we might touch on some of the things. But the next practice is Sunday is what I was getting at, right? Yeah. Yeah. The next practice is Sunday. If if you don't hear from us after the game at some point, I'm sure we'll touch on some of the things from the game, maybe uh, mold that into the the post-practice podcast as well. Because then they're off on Monday, right? I don't know if they're off or if they have, or if they have a well, right. I mean, we're off. I know whatever it is, we're not invited. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. So maybe we can go a little bit longer on that one. So then the listeners have that for Monday, and then they'll be back in Philly for practice. They'll be practicing at the Novacare on Tuesday. Then they travel on Wednesday, and then it's the joint training camp with the Browns. So that's what's coming up. Um, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon Gowton, Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter and Instagram at Jimmy Kemsky. We keep it simple for you. You want to check out at Bleeding Green for the BGN Twitter account. 
Go and check out at BGN underscore radio for BGN Radio Podcast Twitter account where all the episodes get tweeted out by Rachel typically there. Um, have some good articles up at BGN. Jimmy, Johnny Page just did an interview with um, the Chip Wagon, uh, one of the Ryan from ah, the Chip okay. Wagon. So some interesting yep. kind of perspective on the Eagles offense ahead of this season. So that's a good article up on BGN right now. Love Ryan. Yes, some great insight. And along with a lot of other good stuff, obviously, my practice notes in there and other things. So go check that all out. And uh, yeah, we will talk to you sooner than later. Goodbye, everybody. P G N.